worship the Lord together. Are y'all ready to sing? We're going to give him all our praise today.
God, we love you. We thank you. We praise your name this morning. Look at your neighbor. Look at him real good. Say, God is good. God is good. God is good. You can grab a seat in the presence of God this morning. And I just want to say welcome. My name is Will Caesar. I'm the youth pastor here along with my wife and to our first time guests. Or maybe you've been here a few Sundays and you haven't got connected yet. We just want to say welcome. Don't the first. Can we welcome our first time guests this morning? Even those watching online, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. And a few things that we want you to do so that we can we can get connected is you can grab the connect card from the seat pocket in front of you, fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having, or you can take out your smart device and text D1 text to 84576 or scan the QR code. And f please fill that out, hold on to it until the end of service. You can drop it in one of our giving boxes, but this is what we ask that you do, that you take this next step today. As you leave, as you exit, as you go into the lobby, you'll see something marked guest reception. We would love for you to come in there, meet our pastors, meet some of our leadership team. We want to give you a, we want to exchange that connect card for a gift for you being here with us and just say welcome. So Dothan First, can we welcome our guests one more time? So glad that you're here. And on that, I don't know if you notice on that list of D1 text things, but there are a lot of things going on here at the church that we would love for you to be a part of. One of those is grow track. Somebody say grow. We believe it is God's will for you to grow. So uh, we are starting that this Wednesday. And I encourage you, maybe you've been a part of Dothan First for a while and you still haven't gone through Grow Track yet. It's not just a class or a pathway to membership. It is your next steps towards your ministry and your calling. We want you to know your divine design. So please sign up for Grow Track. It'll be important. It's three weeks. That's it. It's only three weeks for you to be able to uh, experience life change in the community and take those next steps into your ministry assignment. We got plenty of opportunities for you to serve. Speaking of serving, we have our serve day coming up on August the 12th. It's going to be exciting. Come on, you make some noise for that. We get to serve our city. It's going to be amazing. We have a number of projects and there's a few things I want to encourage you to do. Not only do we want you to scan that QR code and sign up, but there are also, there's a sign up in the lobby. We're encouraging you. We're asking you to please be a part of this. This is a way that we get to love people. You know our unique assignment is to love God and to love people, but this is the way we get to love the city. So I'm asking you to please sign up. I believe there is no such thing as a non-serving Christian. If you're a believer, then you got to serve people. Save people, serve people. Amen. So we encourage you to do that. And then last but not least, we want to encourage you to sign up for Life Group Hosts. If you've been thinking about starting a new life group this fall, we're challenging you to do that. You can sign up in the lobby with that as well. And again, there's a variety of things that you can do, but we ask that you do this so that we can grow in relationships. We grow better in community. Amen. So it's a lot of good things going on, but how many of you are blessed this morning? You're thankful that God's covered you. He's put, he's, he has his hand on your life. Well, this is the part of service where we continue our worship in our giving. And I'm going to go ahead and release our elders as you see the five ways to pray on the screen. Because there's two things that we're going to do during this time of giving. Not only are we going to bless uh, the Lord and ask him to bless our generosity, but uh, our elders, as they're going to their various stations of prayer on the exit sign on my right, your left, on this exit sign over here on one in the balcony, we also allow this strategic time for you to get out of your seat when we go back into worship and believe in faith for these men and women of God to pray and believe for healing, to believe for supernatural touches to take place. And you may ask, as Pastor Mark mentions often, why don't you have the people come up here? It's because we don't want to, we don't want that to be a distraction for what we're, what we're believing God to do for you. And they can hear your prayer requests better. And they may have a word of wisdom or knowledge that they want to share with you. So we encourage you to utilize that. But I'm going to ask if you're going to stand on your feet as you're preparing to give. 
And not only are we preparing to give gener gener uh, generously through our finances, but let's give in our faith. Let's give God our worship. So I'm going to ask as I get ready to pray, if you'll stick your hands out, not just as an opportunity to receive, but also as you're saying, I surrender. I give it up. I came in here with these preconceived ideas and notions, but God, I'm giving everything I have to you in this moment. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the gift that you've given us. In these next few moments, we're not just going to just give you our words. We're going to give you our emotions. We're going to give you our anxieties, our cares. We're going to give you our breath. We're going to worship you in this moment. We ask that you bless our finances, but more importantly, we ask that you inhabit the praises of your people, that you rest in this place right now. Holy Spirit, that you move freely. The word says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Father, let there be an overwhelming sense of peace and freedom in this house right now over minds, hearts, bodies, whatever's going on, Father, we're asking for you to move and we'll give you the glory for it. And everybody said real loud, amen. Come on, let's worship together.
things you've done before in greater measure you will do again cause there's no Oh God of revival. 
your spirit Lord we want to be led by you Father we want our life to be found in Christ alone Lord not our jobs not our families not our positions not our possessions not our talents only in Christ God that our identity would be found in you and God we would be so full of your spirit Lord that from the moment that we wake till we lay our heads on our pillows, God, and even as we dream, God, that we would have our minds and our hearts set on your kingdom, advancing your name, God, glorifying you. We love you, God. We give you all our praise, Lord. Worship him with a song, glory and praise. Glory and praise and power and strength. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Glory and praise, power and strength. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah.
things that Jesus did to mark a new moment in human history. He set the tone with the communion. And if you go ahead and take out your communion elements, our ushers are coming at this time. If you did not receive the communion elements today, uh, they'll be glad to get you. Uh, those that, that need it, just kind of wave at them as they walk by, and uh, they'll be glad to get you that. But if you'll pull back that cellophane tab, just uh, revealing the, the bread or the wafer, just a representation of the body the Lord Jesus Christ that was broken for us, that we could be mended. And I can't think of a better time to participate in this moment of celebration and recognition that a new day is upon us as a lot of students and teachers and administrators are starting back this school, uh, this school year. It kind of marks a, a new year for us. And so we want to pray over them in just a few moments. But we recognize the Lord Jesus Christ today. We recognize the price that was paid on Calvary's cross. And so as we prepare to receive this bread by faith, let's receive it in the recognition that Christ paid it all for us. Listen, friends, I, I know we want to work for a lot of things, and it's not bad to put our hands to good things. But, friends, we can't do what only Christ can do. And today he paid it all. And so we receive this bread now by faith. Lord Jesus, we receive your broken body that we may be whole and healed. In Jesus' name, let's receive this bread today. Now if you'll pull back the, the wrapper revealing the juice, it represents the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And on the night that Jesus was betrayed, after they took the bread, he took the cup, he lifted it, he said, this is a picture of the blood of the new covenant. It's my blood, he said. And as we prepare to receive this by faith, I want you to remember the dear price that was paid. Can you just remember that Jesus paid it all with his blood? Listen, friends, we, we know that salvation is free only because he made it free for us. It cost him everything. So now, Lord Jesus, we receive this cup by faith in recognition not only of a new covenant, but a new year. And we give ourselves, our lives, and our future in this new year. We give this year to you. In Jesus' name, let's receive the cup by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you'll remain standing for just another moment, I'm going to invite Pastor Will to come to the stage. And every teacher, professor, administrator, bus driver, uh, student teacher, and every student in the house. What I'd like for you to do, would you just kind of lift up your hand and wave at us right now? Can we give it up for all of our administrators, teachers, leaders, professors, students? We thank God for you, and we cover you today. Now, if you saw somebody's hand that was lifted up, you recognize them, and I, I want you to just pray for them in this moment as Pastor Will leads us in a dedication prayer for this year, I want you to simply stretch your faith out toward those that are close to you. You saw their hands raised. They need your prayers. And teachers, administrators, we want you to know we're behind you 100%. You have our vote of confidence and our prayers and our support. Pastor Will, would you lead us in this dedication prayer over this school year? Father, we stand with these students and these teachers and administrative workers, bus drivers, wherever they are in this room. 
Father, we stand with them today and ask that in this new school year that they create, they carry as ambassadors of your word, your nature into every school in the Wiregrass area. Father, we're praying that your presence is felt in classrooms. Father, that you give teachers words of wisdom and knowledge for the care of the lost of the lost souls that come onto these campuses, even amongst their co-workers. Father, I pray for these students, that they have words of encouragement for their friends. Father, I rebuke and speak against suicidal ideation, gender confusion, anything that they may experience in the school. And I ask that your presence be felt on every campus, every private school, every football field, every soccer field, every basketball court. Father, I'm praying that your presence is felt and your word upheld and let it start with our people let it start with our workers with our teachers and we will stand in faith and in the gap with these young people and father even the parents as they get ready to send out their kids on to, into new years father let them into a new school year let them understand and know that you are with them that your spirit is covering them that you will guide their steps as long as they are living according to your word and we'll give you all the glory and the praise for it in the name of Jesus and everyone said I'll Amen. Come on, Amen. let's give God Come praise. On, let's give God praise. Amen. Well, here's what I'd like for you to do before you're seated, if you, especially if you had a student teacher or someone that raised their hand next to you, can you just, just give them a, a, a little high five and tell them, hey, you're going to make it and we're praying for you. And then you can go ahead and be seated and then turn your attention toward the screens. today we're going to talk about healthy habits but before we do I want you to give it up for all those who are joining with us online for the first time come on can you give it up for them right now amen hey God bless you and uh, listen if you're joining with us online maybe for the first time and you're in the Wiregrass area or maybe passing through at some point I would encourage you just make yourself at home here at Dothan first and show up there's nothing like being in the house of God and uh, those of you that are first-time guests in the house we want to say a special welcome to you and after this service we would just so be honored to be able to greet you and connect with you give you a gift for hanging out with us today and uh, so we'll make ourselves and some of our leadership team, they're going to make themselves available right after this service out in the foyer. If you turn to your left before you leave the building, just turn to your left, you'll see a huge sign that says guest reception. That's for you. And we want to make sure that you receive a gift and that we get a chance to meet you today. So we're so thankful that you're here today. And I am so glad to be back in the house with you. And uh, yeah, I'm just so thankful. Michelle and I are grateful uh, we're grateful for the, uh, that time that we were able to get away for a sabbatical season, uh, but we are rested, ready, and refreshed, and um, as I think I said, I, I can't remember if it was last Sunday or Wednesday, ready to take on hell with a water pistol, you know, that kind of faith that you have or it just rises up in you. Go ahead, grab your copy of God's Word, say this with me, say, I am what God's Word says I am. 
I can do what God's word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now just turn to your neighbor and tell them you look good today and you're lucky to get, get to sit next to somebody as good looking as me. I mean, you know, let them know. Let them know. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6. And we're going to be talking about healthy habits. And today we're going to specifically talk about avoiding burnout. Avoiding burnout. I, as I said, we were so blessed by the leadership of this house. And as you know, as a pastor, I submit my life to leaders of, uh, that, that give me wisdom and guidance and pray over me. And uh, so our, our board, I want to say thank you to you, to our elders, to our staff, to the great leaders that serve this house. And let me just tell you something, what, that what was so amazing is while we were gone, people still got saved, people still got healed, people still got restored, lives were changed. Come on, somebody. Why? Because it wasn't built. This ministry was never built on this platform or this person. It was built on Jesus Christ. And so everything that's said and done here for the glory of God, I thank God for the great leaders that surround this house. We've got world-class leaders in this house, pastors and leaders, come on, yeah, that, uh, that stepped in, especially in our absence, and we thank God for you. But here's one of the things that we were overlooking during that season right before sabbatical. We were overlooking health checks. And, and I can say with great appreciation to medical science and doctors and all of you in the medical community that are here today, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you, uh, those that are involved in research and development and uh, the areas of, of drugs that help, uh, help us to heal our bodies. But one of the things that as a healthy young man, I just figure, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, I don't need to go see no doctor unless I'm messed up, right? Well, there's something called preventative health care that you ought to take on now and again. And so I went in and Michelle went in and we're, we're doing blood work and just trying to look at all these numbers. But one of the things that I'd forgotten about doctors and medicine is that when you show up, and it's been a very long time since you've been there, they give you a questionnaire. And that questionnaire isn't just like one page with like a couple of questions. It's literally like your whole history. And who's going to pay for all this, right? At the end of it, they're like, you want all these numbers written out. But the health check, and they're asking me all these personal questions. You know, and for some of you, you're like hiding the page. You're like, I don't want the person next to me to see this. And you're checking all these boxes like, you know, what do you eat? How often do you exercise? What do you do for hobbies? And uh, all the, uh, what medications are you currently taking, if any? And, and uh, all of this stuff that you're, your family history. And all I could think about while I was filling out all this stuff was looking around at those that are in the waiting room thinking in my mind, yeah, these are important questions, but there are much more important questions that the people in this room are likely asking of themselves, but don't have answers. Why am I here? Not just in a doctor's office, but why am I here in this universe? Like, why am I, why am I living and breathing? What's my purpose for life? 
I mean, friends, these are the important questions. And I wanted to shout out to them in the room as I could feel the sense of burnout in the room. I could just feel it. I wanted to shout out as a pastor, like preaching to, you know, I mean, you know, when I'm, when I'm not preaching to people, I need an outlet, you know. I preached 20 sermons to Michelle over this last couple of weeks. Just, man, boy, she's got the word in her like never before because I just had to have an outlet. But I wanted to shout out to everyone in the room, stand up and go, hey, I'm a pastor and I want to answer the more important questions to life. I want to share with you the sense of purpose so that you don't burn out. Because, friends, that's what happens. Often we, we're, 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 so, we're so aligned with the world's system and demands that we lose sight on the focus of what's really important. Friends, we have an assignment in this life. It's God-given. And that is the purpose. The purpose to love God, to love people, to live our lives out loud for the King of Kings. And today we're going to talk about that. Today we're going to talk about, for those of you who've been tired and weary and worn out and overstressed, and some of you, man, you feel like you don't even have time to sit and listen to this right now. I promise this is going to be, for you, the most important moments of your week. And it should be, not because I'm saying it, but because God's word declares it. And so here it is. I need to start from square one. Just get everybody on the same page here. We try as a society to pack more into our schedules than we ever have before. More and more we're committing to these things. We're obsessed with going faster and multitasking and cr uh, cramming more in. And we're, we're living this life of the fast and furious, right? Uh, just by a show of hands, how many of you say, as it relates to your own life, you're probably too busy too often? Come on, just a few of you. Yeah, yeah. Too busy too often. And the problem is we wear busyness like it's a badge of honor, right? Like we, got, we walk up to somebody and say, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm on my grind. I'm getting busy now. I'm working so hard. Look at sleep is overrated. I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> right? Our whole society is run by Starbucks and Celsius and five-hour energy drinks. Come on, somebody. And, and before too long, we're in the middle of a rat race missing what really God intended for us as the human race. We think if we're busy, then we're something. I'm a mover, I'm a shaker, I'm somebody. As opposed to admitting we're too busy and our life is completely out of control. See, we get in the, 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 the rat race missing the life adventure that God intended in the first place. And if you will allow the Holy Spirit today to just speak to your life, to slow you down just long enough to breathe for a minute and say, okay, God, you got my time and you got my attention. I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn. And I'm here to let you show me where I'm out of alignment. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand up in honor of God's word for this particular passage of scripture? And I want you to listen as God declares over you what you ought to do. Here's what he says, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Everybody say ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. Here it is, and here's the hard part. We all as Christians say we know what the good path is. Here's what he says. And walk in it. 
And then, look at, here's the if-then statement. Okay? This is conditional. Then you will find rest, not just for your body, not just for your mind, rest for your soul. Lord Jesus, I just pray right now over each and every person in this house that rest over their soul in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You may be seated. As you're seated, you need to understand that the sad response of those that God had taught and was teaching these life lessons, they answered, no, we will not. I believe there's people here at the, in the crossroads. Matter of fact, I'll say it even deeper than that. You're not only in the crossroads, you're in the crosshairs. Because <laughs> the enemy's got his sights set on you to destroy you, knock you out, burn you out before you can be effective. He wants to make sure to try to stop and abort those things that God has placed and implanted and impregnated deep inside of you. The dreams, the destiny that he's got laid out for you, your future. He wants to stop it in its tracks before it can ever come to pass. And the way he does it is overlooking what God asked us to do, to stop and listen. And then simply at the crossroads, slow down and find the good path. Matter of fact, I'll even go a step further. It's the God path. It's not just a good path. It's the God path. And when you find it and you walk in it, you'll find rest for your soul. So if you're at the crossroads right now searching, I want you to know today is the day for you. And here's the problem. Here's, if we'll really look, we've got to find the reason behind the busyness. Look, nobody's putting a gun to your head telling you you have to do all of these things and activities and, and schedule yourself right into craziness. I understand there's some of you, you have uh, specific tasks that are assigned to you by your job. I understand you've got family responsibilities. We're going to talk about all those things. But here's some of the problem that we face is the reason behind it. Busyness makes us feel important, but it ruins our relationships. Busyness may feed our ego, but it starves our souls. Busyness may fill our calendars, but it ends up fracturing our families. And my guess is this, that you have that gnawing sense that you know that you're out of alignment and you don't want to keep living that way. And I'm asking you to pause and just let Holy Spirit speak. I want to define a few enemies of rest very quickly. First of all, there's pressures. Every one of us has it. We can't avoid it. We can't escape it. There's pressures in our life. And all of them are different. Demands in our life. The work pressure, the family pressures. Some of you, the demands of spouse and kids and honeydew lists. And stuff at the house that's falling apart that you got to get in connection with your wife's or your husband's, uh, you know, all of their requests. Hey, can you fix this? Can you do this? Can you get this done? And the kids are demanding all these different things and requiring all these different things. The personal life pressures. There's social pressures. Friends, I don't know how many filters we can put on Instagram or on Facebook to make ourselves look better and busier. To other people so we can feel important then we've got our unique personality this this sometimes becomes an enemy of our rest our own personality like me some of you are type a personalities you got to go and you got to do and you got to achieve and you got to have more do more add more without ever taking anything off give me something else so i can conquer it and achieve it my wife and i going to the beach have that is her version of heaven and my version of hell 
It just is. Two very different personalities. Look, I can sit in a chair, and she'll, she'll tell you, I can sit in a chair for like five, maybe ten minutes, <laughs> and I am so bored out of my skull, throw a football, kick a soccer ball, surf, like run in and build a sandcastle with the kids that are, that are in front of me yelling and screaming. Like, I got to do something, Right? The type A personalities like me, goals, priorities, to-do lists, multiple calendars, multitasking, go, do, achieve, conquer, be successful, and we drive others crazy, right? <laughs> and, and see, I put a high value on goal achievement, and sometimes at the expense of relationships. I want everything to hurry up. I go to a movie, I want to hurry up and get to the end of the movie. It, look, I'm notorious for this. Those of you that have ever gone out to eat with me, you know this of me. You know it to be true. Is I, I can sit at a restaurant only so long. I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter how engaging the conversation is or how important the life stories are going on across the table from me. I can only handle so much in one location. And I'm notorious in the middle of the meal to ask for the check. It's not that I'm going to hustle out. It's just I don't want to have to wait for the check when I'm ready to go. Is anybody else crazy like me? Come on, somebody. I mean, and what's weird is when I forget to ask for the check in the middle of the meal, here's what happens. Uh, we'll be done with the meal. We'll be finished. We'll be sitting there. And that waiter or waitress, God bless them, may have been the best waitress or waiter in the whole wide world attending to, like, I, I, I don't even need my glass filled back up with water and they're already pouring. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, they disappear on a smoke break for like 25 minutes while I'm waiting for that check. Mm. Gotta go do I got stuff. The problem is sometimes it makes me not very present in the moment. Let's add to that the life phases that some of you are facing, right? Life stages. We got all different age stages in the room. We got teenagers. We got college students. We got single people. We got married people. We got young marriage with kids. We got single parents. We got empty nesters. We got widowed and retired all in one room. And let me tell you, the life phase matters. It's different. And I know what I'm about to say, you know, maybe a little cliche, but man, the golden agers have a very different life than the single college student that's very different from the young married with, with small kids, right? Some of the golden agers today, you cannot wait for 4.30 so you can show up at Shoney's, be home by 6, so you can watch an episode of Matlock, go to bed at 7 o'clock, come on, somebody. And, and yet... We got young parents that have kids that are three, four, five, and six years old. They would long for, they would live for that kind of schedule. They can't wait till, till seven or eight o'clock where they can just beg God to make their kids go to bed. Just feed them more Benadryl, anything to get them to bed. Right? And then college students, man, they don't even have dinner till 10 o'clock, Right? I'm just saying. And that life stage impacts our busyness. Michelle and I have tried so hard, so often say to these young families with small kids, it goes by so fast. It doesn't feel like it in the moment. And if you've got toddlers or teenagers, the life phase can feel like hell sometimes. I know, right? 
I, I promise you it goes by so fast. Cameron's sitting on the front row. She's getting ready to go back to school. Griffin's sitting over here. Like uh, the, uh, These kids were like in my arms just a few moments ago. Here they are going into life. It does go by fast and you need to treasure every moment and not get caught up in the busyness that leads to burnout. That adds to the, what adds to the complexity of it is then problems and crisis come. And if you're not in crisis right now, guess what? Bless God, it's coming, <laughs> right? Because that's life, right? And some of us, we're, look, we're always going to be in and out of crisis in some moment, some way, somehow. It's just the way life is. It's unavoidable. Some of a major, like loss of a job or loss of a loved one, or we get these minor crisis moments like disappointments or frustrations on the job or Chick-fil-A's closed on Sunday. I mean, you know, we got problems, crisis to face. And then others are, the, the, it's more of a personal issue that we're dealing with. Sometimes even internally that our own spouse or our own family doesn't even know we're dealing with. Personal issues that we're facing like insecurity that drives us to do more, right? Insecurities that, that need to be fed because we want love and value and worth and achievement and recognition. And we want all these things. We want people to love and accept us. So if we'll just do more, maybe then we'll, we'll have somebody to, to love us and care. The insecurity that creates a superficial life. The reason we're so busy is we, we're so insecure, right? Motion brings us a sense of recognition or achievement or self-worth. So we got pressures and personality and the phase of life you're in and the problems and the personal issues. And those are five major ingredients to burnout. And here's what we do with that burnout. We try to band-aid the burnout. If I can just go get a self-help book, another time management scheduler, if I just do another planner, set my clock ahead 15 minutes so I am always feeling like I'm on time even though I'm really running late, we try to combat, listen, we try to combat burnout with a Band-Aid when we, what we really need is surgery. Holy Spirit's here to perform surgery on you. Band-Aids won't cure burnout so let's talk about those things that busyness actually reveals about us that we don't like, these deeper rooted issues. Because if, we, if we're really going to have surgery, we got to deal with the deep rooted issues to be free. We need to understand that that lack of peace in our life drives us to burnout. How fear, we need to understand how fear tries to, so we can be perfect in front of everybody. We can look perfect. We can chase significance. Or how worry drives us to try to control everything and everyone. we got to have everything in control. Our hands on it in control. How anger drives us to prove others wrong so that we can feel successful. How insecurity keeps driving us to prove that we're valuable. A life filled with busyness can lead to a life of regret. And here's one of the things I really want to touch on is that it can actually lead to a superficial faith. I mean, you're showing up, you're here, but you're here for the wrong reasons. It's a superficial faith. If I just read enough scripture, if I just pray enough, then God will like me. If we work hard enough, do spiritual things, then God will accept me. Or we go on the other, you know, we let the pendulum swing on the other direction, right? I'm just too busy for God. I got too much going on in my life. 
to pray or to read God's word. I got to psych myself up to go to church. Instead of recognizing it's an investment into who God is and to who God wants us to become. We psych ourselves up to get all these things done. We're not present in moments with our family or with the Lord, with our relationships. And mostly what we're missing is the ability to discover God's divine design, discovering our purpose and who we were made to be and developing those gifts that God's given us to use for his kingdom to win the world to Jesus Christ, which is what we've all been commissioned to do, by the way. That's like our number one assignment. As Jesus was ascending, he's like, hey, just so y'all know, what I did on the cross and this resurrection, guess what? It's not just for you. There's other people that need to know the truth. Some of us show up to church hoping it's going to be short just so we can hurry up and get back to our normal life and our routine and our busyness. And because of that, our mind is not being shaped or sharpened by God's word. Even when we're here in the building, we're somewhere else. You know what I'm talking about. Our hearts aren't being influenced by the word of God. We're too busy to slow down and listen. And the, here's the bottom line. Listen, you don't feel close to God because you're busy and tired and fatigued. And then you just go through the motions spiritually. You need to be honest and let the Holy Spirit point these areas that have been affected out in your life. And here's the real question. What is busyness causing that you really don't like? Think about it. God created us for more than busyness and burnout and the rat race. Here it is, Psalm 119. This is a good scripture for some to memorize. Matter of fact, this may be a, a year-long verse for you as you step into a new school year for some of you. Here it is, Psalm 119. You made me. Talking about God. You created me. Here it is. Now, give me the sense in my knuckleheaded brain. Oh, that's not what it says, but it's, it's how I read it. <laughs> give me the sense, give me the common sense to actually follow your commands. Do you know when Michelle and I were young parents, we tried to keep our kids from running into the street? I mean, think about the abusive parents we were trying to keep our kids out of the street when knowing they would really enjoy running in the road. You want to know why we did that? It wasn't because we were abusive parents. It's because we knew best. We were mom and dad. We had more life experience. We were the one that saw the car coming, and we didn't want him to get hit. And so in order to protect their future, we set guidelines in place, come on, to help them grow. That's what following the commands of the Lord is all about. He's our heavenly father, not giving us a do's and don'ts list because he doesn't like us having fun. It's to control the chaos of this world and to give us a sense of purpose. Those world's demands, we chase them and we get out of control. Look, I'm not, I'm not asking for 100% change as you walk out the door because I know some of you, like this, like I get it. You know, to, to upend your, your whole world, you, you just think it's too stressful to even think about. How about 10% change? How about a 10 degree turn today, right? Because here's what I'd love to see is by the end of this school year and into the beginning of next, this time next year, my hope is that 10 degree trajectory will take you on the path that leads to righteousness. Righteousness. 
right? Just 10 degrees to keep you from burnout. Ask today, what are the ancient paths? What's the right path? Here's, here's some of the ancient paths. First of all, we got to recognize there's enough hours in a day. God designed time. 20, everybody look at me and say, 24 hours is a gift. <laughs> right? 24 hours is a gift. It's a gift from God, right? Every one of us has equality when it comes to that. 24 hours in a day. 24 hours. And it's a gift for all of us. You can only slice that pie so many ways, and we have the gift of 24 you don't get more time than me, and I don't get more time than you. Here's the problem. We don't steward our time well. We're not talking about time management. We're talking about time stewardship. I'm not talking about time management just so you can get more done and achieve more and be more successful. I'm talking about the management of time that we have this small amount of time on planet Earth, and then it's over. And we have to steward the time that God's given us. Genesis chapter 1 verse 14 says it like this. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons and days and years. He created it as the author of time to help us steward our time. And worrying about getting more time doesn't give you more time. Right? Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 6 verse 27. You cannot add any time to your life by worrying about it. Listen, friends, God did not schedule your life in a way that you should multitask your way through it. He gave you 24 hours to set you on the course or the path for your assignment on this earth. God designed us perfectly that way. And if you're too busy and that 24-hour period in your life, if you start to begin to think sleep and prayer are overrated, <laughs> Or sleep, or prayer, or Bible reading, or getting close to God in worship, or church attendance is unproductive time, which is what the enemy tries to make you think. It's just unproductive time. Friends, it is the most productive time you will ever spend because that's, you're finding rest for your weary soul. What's broken is not God. <laughs> What's broken is our thinking and our stewardship. Friends, both time and money can be overspent. And it's a lack of stewardship. And what happens is we desperately need to evaluate before we burn out. We got to admit when we've chosen to allow too many things in the day. And busyness is my choice. Some people say, well, my life is just out of control. It's out of control. No, listen. Listen, friends. Your Time is your choice. We do things and make decisions wanting to please others in a desperate attempt to feel valued or loved. And by the way, that's often how many of us grew up, right? We grew up in a society where if you work hard and you achieve enough, if you take out the trash without asking or you clean up your room without being asked or you do this or you get a particular grade or you make a particular shot or you kick a particular goal or you run a, a, a pigskin across the chalk line, then you've really achieved something and everyone cheers and applauds. But friends, that is not how you're valued by God. It's not based on your achievement. It's based on his unconditional love. And some of us are missing this, filling our time with frivolous things to try to feel important. 
The reason sometimes we're so busy is we're so insecure and something is broken because we're longing to let that activity feel or feed rather that insecurity and feel significant. Ask yourself, how are my insecurities and issues contributing to my burnout? Here's another ancient path. Write this one down because God's given us all something called a Sabbath. Sabbath. The Sabbath is God's design for weekly rest. Here's what it says in Exodus chapter 16, verse 29. They must realize. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to (laughs) realize. They must realize that the Sabbath, look, is the Lord's what? Gift to you. It's not just a command. It's a gift to you. The Sabbath is one day out of seven. Resting and focusing on God. Listen, it was such a big deal that God decided to put in the Ten Commandments right next to like, thou shalt not kill and thou shalt not steal. He puts right in the middle, right next to those really significant commands to don't do this and don't do that. Then he says, listen to me, obey the Sabbath. It's in his top ten. Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember to observe the Sabbath. Everybody say, observe the Sabbath. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, for the day-to-day activities, for the daily grind. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day dedicated, look, to the Lord your God. What you're doing is you're taking the first of the week, which is this day, Sunday. You're taking the first of the week in our Christian culture. And you're saying, God... The first moments of the first day of the week, I want you to know, I am committing it to you. And let me just tell you, I I love our online campus, and I recognize that there are those that are deployed overseas that are watching right now, and I understand there are people that are bedridden that are watching right now. There's people in both of our hospitals right now watching. I understand that there are people on the go or on vacation or on travel right now, and they're watching, and I'm so thankful for our online campus, but in some ways as a pastor post-COVID, I'd rather shut that thing down to make people understand the significance is not just listening to the word, it's also what we're experiencing in this room which is congregational worship there's something about being in the house of the lord it's not just an attendance for gold stars in heaven it's not to make me feel better about you showing up friends it's all about god telling us observe the sabbath make it holy make it holy and we wonder why we don't have rest for our souls It's because we're not observing what God asked of us. He says, for six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it. And then on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath and set it apart as holy. Listen, friends, I want you to know, God made this a different day. Sabbath is a different day. God created the the heavens and the earth and the six days and the seventh, he rested. Why? Because he, not because he needed rest, but he wanted to show us the model by which we ought to live our lives. Some of you in this room are trying to outperform God and you wonder why you're tired and weary and worn out and stressed to the max. It's because you're overlooking some of the most important of all principles. Think of this, when God created the universe, his recipe for the universe, he put into the recipe, the DNA of the universe, Sabbath, a weekly rest. We need to rest to be with God and to worship with other believers. 
Church attendance is a vital investment. Three words that happened, it happened in the Sabbath is that rest and refresh and renew. We had to rest our bodies and refresh our relationships and renew our love for God and worship with other believers. God didn't just suggest this. And look, I understand there's a lot of activities that go on on Sunday because people are uh, minimizing the significance of this, but I promise you it's causing problems. It's causing problems, right? And I look, I, I love sports. I love hobbies. I, I, I love getting extra sleep. All those things are great, but that's not why he set apart the Sabbath. The Sabbath was the rest for your soul to glorify and honor God, to make it holy before the Lord, to make him first. It's supposed to be a day dedicated to worshiping the Lord, to keep it holy and then God will bless it, to set it apart from the daily duties and the regular work. And by the way, this is going to sound really bold what I'm about to say, but I want you to understand this clearly because it's scriptural. Listen to me. If you're not obeying the Sabbath, you're being disobedient to God. And it comes with consequences. I'm not saying God's going to strike you down with lightning if you miss next Sunday. I'm telling you, you're going to feel it in your system. Like missing meals. If you miss X number of meals, you start to feel it in your gut. Friends, can I just tell you, you'll start to feel it in your gut. When you miss the day of the Lord, your body begins to ache for the Lord. Your relationships bruise, your soul atrophies. Friends, there's consequences when you don't live by God's design. Sabbath is when you rest and refresh your relationships, renew that love for the Lord and worship Him. We had a Jewish rabbi friend who lived next door to us in, in Huntsville, and he would take that time uh, to commune with other uh, others in the Jewish faith and read the scriptures. They would set aside their cell phones and their TVs and anything that might distract them and they'd worship the Lord in song and they'd pray together prayers and they'd spend time with family laughing and encouraging each other. It's God's design for our health. The, the last ancient path that I'm going to talk about and then we're going to close out is this that and I've heard it said like this, that great people aren't extraordinary. They just do the ordinary extra. <laughs> they just do the ordinary things that we're supposed to do extra. Here's the ancient path, at least once a day, at least once a day, if not more, spending that quiet time with the Lord in prayer, in Bible reading, in worship. By the way, uh, if you need worship on YouTube, you can go on YouTube on our channel and they just released two more of the worship with Dothan series where you can have 30 minutes of just straight worship, worship with our team. But I want to encourage you, get worship in your system. Spend time, quality time with the Lord. You say, I don't have time for that. Friends, you don't have time. You, listen, you don't have time not to pray. <laughs> Why? Because we need our marching orders for the day. We need our assignment for life. Bible reading and prayer and worship opens up our spirit. And let me just tell you this, being a good steward of the day means letting God be first in every day. When Jesus came to this earth, we're talking about God in the flesh, Jesus, 100% God, 100% human. Listen, he paused and spent time with God the Father. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, I love this. Here it is. Before daybreak, which I don't like that part because I don't like to get up early, but that's, that's what he says, so... 
But it did happen. He did go. I, I've read the Bible enough. He went at nighttime and in the morning. So, okay. Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray, to spend time. This is so huge. I love this next sentence. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone's been looking for you. Like we've been blowing up your cell phone. We pinged your location. We were using Life 360. We were hitting you up on Insta. We did everything we could to try to get your attention. And Jesus was like, look, I love you, but I don't care how you try to get a hold of me. Think about this. Jesus, the savior of the universe, said, listen, I love this world so much I'm ready to die for it, but I'm putting you on hold while I go talk to the Father. If Jesus needed it, how much more do we as human followers of Jesus need it? Jesus said no to nonstop accessibility. Jesus, God in the flesh, he did not meet everyone's demands. It's not that he didn't care for people or love people. He just knew he needed to occasionally pause. And our life has to be more than working and eating and sleeping and watching Netflix and, and chilling with all of the things that we're doing in life. We've got to find a strategy that works to find rest for our soul, to cure the compulsion for keeping busy. Psalm 39, 6 says it like this. We are merely moving shadows. Here's what happens. We just become a shadow of our former self. All our busy rushing ends in what? Nothing. What does that mean? No depth, no substance, just a shadow of your former self. Why do we pause? To ask God to reveal the meaning of life and the direction of our life and the purpose for our life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come as we prepare to close out today. Friends, you don't make that time. You have to take that time and prioritize it. You don't just put it on a schedule. You have to make it your priority. A daily pause to connect with God. If you're too filled and overwhelmed and busy, your schedule is overwhelmed just to think you're important. Friends, you got to pause and say, God, you're more important than everything else in my day. And if you don't guide my steps, I don't know where I'm going to go. You made me, you created me, you gave me these fingerprints in my hands to do something unique with them that no other human being has ever done or ever will do. So if I'm going to do that and follow your assignment, I got to have your marching orders first, God, so I can be sensitive. Would you just allow God to be part of every single day of your life? Just say, God, I need my purpose. I need my assignment and then what happens in the process of priority of God taking, or us taking time with God, what happens is he heals our hidden hurts. That's what really happens. It's like we come into the surgery room and he performs surgery so we can be who we were called to be. That's, listen, we're trying to look for love with the achievement and getting value from overwork and overachievement. But friends, the only way you truly get your identity is to spending time with Father, letting him speak to you and telling you who you really are. The world's gonna tell you who you are, but they don't know you. They didn't create you, they didn't design you. They got a plan for you, but it's not God's. You gotta get along with him. First John 3 says it like this, verse one, see, how very much your heavenly father loves us. He allows us to be called his children. Think of it. We really are his kids. 
He loves us. He calls us his kids. Right? When you have a connected relationship with God, what happens is he shows you his everlasting love. And like us as good parents, right? We just don't want our kids to make the same mistakes over and over again because it ends up hurting them. So what happens? We grow up in societies that teach us that we earn love. Seriously. Spouse, if you don't do right, I'm out. You earn love. Child, if you don't make those straight A's or do this or do that, you're not loved. There comes a place, friends, where our upbringing catches up with us. We've let society's demands define who we are. And before too long, listen, you fall into the same problem that every other human faces. And can I just tell you, I am, I, I feel like in, at times before the sabbatical, I was like the poster child for this. Let me explain why. Okay, first of all, overlooking the health is one thing. That's not good. That's not good, right? But there is something about I don't know how else to explain this. Some people misinterpret or misunderstand what a pastor does week to week. They think this is all I do. Like this is like this much of what I do during a given week. But there's something fulfilling about me releasing the gospel. But here's what happens at times. Is this temptation to look at your responses to give me value. Right? If you shake your head yes, or you laugh at the joke, or you have something you're writing down and nudging a neighbor, all of a sudden, there's something inside of me, a temptation to let that produce the value. And, and friends, that's, that's the most dangerous thing that can happen to a human being is to look for that kind of love and acceptance based on performance, because that's not God's divine design. See, I, I want to help you understand that there's things that pastors carry that most people don't understand. And I'm not, I'm not inviting you into a sob story here. I, I promise you, I love who God's created me to be, the calling that he's defined in my life. And the following of that call, the last almost 30 years of my life has been the greatest joy of my life. I can't imagine doing anything else with my life than what I'm doing right here, right now. And I couldn't be in a better place, a more loving, encouraging, supportive place. But I'm just telling you, I in internalize comments. I don't know what my problem is, but I like to be liked. So I internalize every comment that I hear little things here and there. Sometimes it's good comments. Oh, pastor, that was a great word. That was a great message. And I go, oh, I did good. I did good. They like me. I'm okay. Or worse yet, pastor, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough stuff in the community and everybody's got the wish list and it's all good. So a lot of it's all biblical. You're not doing this good enough or you're not doing that good enough. Are you doing this too much? You're not spiritual enough. If you do this, then you'll be spiritual in my eyes. If you do that, then you'll really be a, a, a good pastor, right? And everybody's got the list. And it has been at times, not because of your demands, but because of my insecurity, it's caused me to be completely overwhelmed at times. I, I'm just trying to be honest here. 
lay it all out before you. Look, your pastor, we needed that sabbatical, not just because we were doing stuff for 30 years. We needed that sabbatical because we needed to hear God's voice outside the voices of those that represent God to us at times. Because his voice sounds very different. It's a calming voice. And he speaks often with repetition because I don't listen well sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody else know what I'm talking about? <laughs> he speaks with repetition. The, the, listen, there was a season right before the sabbatical where your voice mattered than his, more than his voice in my ears. And, and I'm ashamed to say that. And I don't mean that that I was listening to you to the point that I was not going to serve God. I just mean I was so engaged with conversations or with people's requests or being everything to everyone so that I could be the all-knowing Oz behind the curtain. And, and, and friends, let me just tell you this. The fact is, I ain't that. <laughs> my wife and my kids can tell you, I ain't that. <laughs> I may be good, but I ain't that. But you know what's beautiful about this? That time away has allowed me to rehearse what God was repeating all along. Hey, you're my son. Hey. You're my child. Hey, just do what I call you to do. Don't worry about everything else. You just do what I'm telling you to do. Do what I'm calling you to do. Be who I'm calling you to be. Do the, execute the vision that I placed before you, period. And everything else has to fall to the wayside. And when you do that, son, you'll get not only my approval and my smile, but you'll feel that sense of identity. And the burden will release because his burden is, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And sometimes I allowed myself to carry weight that only God is supposed to carry. It's the beauty of ministry is that we come alongside each other. And that's my heart for all of you today, that you just come alongside us in the journey. We have a compelling vision and it's from the Lord himself. It's just to win the lost to love God and to love people enough to share his love with everybody in this city. Nothing's changed. We didn't come back with some special new revelation. It's the, he repeated the same revelation he gave us when we first got here. He said four words, love God and love people. And if you do that well, the city is going to light up with my love. And if you don't do that, if you don't love me, talking about the Lord, if you don't love God well, it's going to showcase in your life. And if you don't love people, they're never going to know Jesus. They're never going to find him. So friends, I'm calling you to rest. I'm not saying don't get to work. We've got plenty to do in this city. I'm saying do it out of a spirit of rest because your soul is rested in him. I'm going to pray that over you right now. That God would, I'm going to speak rest over your soul. Not just over your mind and over your body, over your soul and over your spirit today. Would you receive this prayer? Lord Jesus, in this room, I know some are so burned out, so weary, so overwhelmed with life circumstances. They feel like they've just been in this rat race. They've been running, and, and they've been running so hard and so fast that they're missing out on the beauty of the moments that only you can bring. And so, God, I pray you just align us with you. Give us alignment for our assignment that we may do only what you've called us to do and be who you've called us to be and then rest in that with security and trust knowing that you are in control. You're the only one. We are serving for an audience of one and that's you, Lord Jesus. 
Now, if you keep your heads bowed and eyes closed, there may be some in this room. You'd say, Mark, I really need Jesus to come into my life and sweep out some areas. Maybe it's sin that's separating you from God. Maybe it's that you've never made Jesus Christ truly the Lord of your life. Or maybe for some, this is just like church attendance has been a religion, but not really a relationship. Whatever category you happen to fit in, listen, friend, I'm not here to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you. I simply want to invite you into relationship with Jesus Christ to make him truly Lord of every area. So what I'm going to do is this. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to invite you to slip up your hand, acknowledging by the raised hand, Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer right now. If that's you and you want to be included in that prayer, I'm inviting you right now to simply turn that over to the Lord on the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, put up your hand if that's you right now. Yeah, all over this place. God bless you. God bless you. In the balcony, on the main floor. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. Toward the back. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Yes, God bless you. That's you today. God bless you. God sees it. Yes, God bless you. God sees your hand. God bless you over here. Yes, God bless you. You can put your hands down. I want to pray this prayer. I'm going to invite everyone in the room to pray this prayer out loud, but especially you who lifted your hands. I want to pray this prayer over you, but I want you to pray it out loud after me. Can you say this with me? Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, say it with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you stand up all over this house and celebrate the newest members of the family of God and give God some praise? Worship team, lead us. In glory and praise. kids doesn't work what's most important is to be at the feet of Jesus that's where security is found and that's where it's built real security is found living your life at the feet of Jesus and finding security in him 
So if you change the way you think about your time, it'll change your life. You do the possible with faith and then let God do the impossible. I want to release you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your family and your friends and your co-workers. I bless you to be a blessing to your spouse and your grandkids and great-grandkids as God would have it. I, I bless you to bless your sphere of influence with the love of Jesus Christ. And may you fe feel comfortable at the feet of Jesus, prioritizing your relationship, that your identity your focus, your self-worth, your identity could be found in him. I bless you to be a blessing in Jesus' name. And if you receive that, can everybody say amen? Amen. Hey, we love you. God bless you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you this Wednesday for Grow Track, Brotherhood and Sisterhood. God bless you. Have a Jesus-filled week.